Ini Tania, host dari podcast Janda Bercanda, channel khusus yang didedikasikan untuk kesejahteraan para janda, widows and divorces, untuk hal-hal yang berhubungan dengan personal development, mental health, single parenting, dan femalepreneurship. Kali ini kita kedatangan tamu, teman lamanya Tania. Waktu saya masih wartawan zaman dulu, masih belia. Dan dia juga masih belia. Kita sekarang sudah... Belia plus sedikit um, Dia adalah seorang wartawan berkaliber internasional Dan kali ini dia akan menceritakan mengenai karir, perjalanan karirnya Saya senang kalau nyorotin cerita seperti ini Kalau ngelihat orang yang terus ngikutin karir yang dalam satu bidang Dan semakin hari semakin mahir dalam apa yang dia kerjakan dalam industrinya By the way, everyone, it's Atika Schubert of CNN, um, <laughs> and a dear friend, a long, a long time friend. We knew each other when we were young, since we were very young. Yeah. And uh, hard, hard to think now that um, how young that we were when we started out reporting, and the time that we reported, which was the the change of hands, I suppose. Um, from Suharto to all the next generation of presidents but um yeah it was a crazy yeah. time i can't it's really hard to believe sometimes how much time has passed um and where we've all ended up it's been crazy yeah and you especially um part of my um, spotlight on you is because i wanted to show um my listeners you know aspirational role models you know, what you can accomplish in terms of like, if you actually pursue a particular career for a long period of time, that you can become an expert level in something. And it's always fun when you have somebody with your kind of experience, the breadth of like, I mean, you weren't just kind of any kind of reporting, you were reporting from all over the world and always in the most intense moments when you're reporting. Um, I particularly love your um, wedding story. You're trying to get married, and because you're the <laughs> correspondent for the Middle East, and then events happen in Jerusalem at the time that you got married that you had to leave your wedding. Oh, you know, oh my God, <laughs> this could only happen to Atika. And I said, "Don't." Oh. When I heard that story for the first time, and I was like, "Oh my God!" You know, she is made of steel. That woman. Well, It's amazing. <laughs> yeah, I actually I barely remember that, but I do remember kind of brushing off and doing stuff. And that and that and the the sad thing is I think that happened quite regularly. So they all sort of blur together where I was rushing mm. from one story to another. It was great. I mean, it was a great whirlwind and I was a lot younger. So I felt, you know, I probably had a lot more energy to do it. Um mm. but uh yeah, no, I I had a really great 20-year run as a full-time producer and then reporter with CNN mm -hmm. and I enjoyed every minute it was fantastic <laughs> so so you I forget I keep on forgetting that you're no longer with CNN because yeah. you're, you're quote-unquote retired to Spain yeah I mean, I'm freelance but to be honest I mean I I freelance a lot with CNN so I'm still on CNN sometimes but I'm not a staffer So you're not going to mm -hmm. see me consistently reporting out of Berlin or covering a particular story. I'm just, you know, I just get hired for when they need an extra hand. 
mm. which suits me very well. And I've been super lucky uh, with them to cover still a number of really great stories. I- ironically, two of them in Germany, mm-hmm. which was really surprising to me. But um, but still, it- it's been it's been good. And for me, it works out because after 20 years, um, at, you know, running around after breaking mm-hmm. news, I just needed time to sort of have more predictability in my life <laughs> and specifically to spend more time with my son mm-hmm. um, because I just realized I was missing a lot of stuff, you know. So it was it was definitely a step away from the sort of hectic mm. news cycle, but I miss it, you know. And so when they call me up and ask if I'm available for a story, I'm usually like, yeah, <laughs> I can jump in. And it's, it's nice for me because, you know, there's a chunk of time I can devote to it and then mm-hmm. come back to my much more quiet life here yeah. in Valencia. Wonderful. And you uh, walk me through your typical day in Valencia. Oh, I have a really boring day in Valencia okay. now, which is kind of what I love. Yeah. <laughs> you know? Well, that's it's only boring no. because you haven't experienced much of that in 20 years. Your day is always too exciting every day. Yeah, I mean, I think previously you just never know. I could have gone to the office and ended up in Moscow by the end of the day, or you know. Mm-hmm. So it was, it, or or worse, you know, like you think, okay, I'm going to go into the office. You get told you're going to Moscow, and you end up in Amman, and you've got your fluffy winter coat in a desert, you know. And you're like, okay, what do I do now? So there, so that sort of, I was really used to sort of um, mm-hmm. being super flexible and changing, you know. And now that I'm here, it's all about this very routine predictability, which is which is great. This is what I wanted. And basically, I get up, I get my son ready for school. He goes to a local school. Now he's learning Spanish, which was our main objective in moving here. Um, and uh, and then once he's, he's off, I write. And the other objective of me moving to Spain was to work on my fiction writing and to sort of learn how to do creative writing. I've done a lot of writing of newspaper articles, mm. of, you know, under hard deadlines, yes. scripts, but creative writing is a really different kind of thing. So it takes a lot of time and space. So I block out the mm. morning just for writing. And then by the time the afternoon rolls around, my son is back from school and I'm either doing stuff with that or doing a lot of admin. I'm just, just tons of like little administrative things that need to be, mm-hmm. need to be done. Um, and my husband is also here, of course. So sometimes he's got music or gigs right. or something like that. So I'm dealing with that. Say hi to him. Well. But it's really kind of very routine. Sorry, Say hi to what? him. I will. Um, <laughs> that's why I waved because I thought um, he was um, in the room. But that sounds wonderful. No, it is. It's great. It's I. I'm really, really enjoying the time and space to write and mm-hmm. think creatively. You know, not everything is brilliant. I'd say most of it isn't. Uh, and I'm getting a ton of rejection letters from from various publishing magazines and literary magazines. But that's okay right. for me. That's part of the process. And the way I think about it is, if my first career was mm-hmm. being a journalist largely with CNN and my second career hopefully is building up to being fantastic well you'll get your the, the right publicist and uh, public publication like you you know that would that would be just the right fit is we call that Jordo right I mean yeah <laughs> yeah it's 
Well, it's a for me, it's um, it's a more of a Zen process, you know, like, and it's it's a complete different thing from from chasing news where you're you're reacting to mm -hmm. stuff all the time, you know, and you're sort of the the art of it is reacting to the news, digesting it, you know, presenting it back to the world. Now I'm sort of absorbing what I'm seeing around me, but I have to creatively mm. come up with something. And that's different from, you know, taking what I, you know, the sort of reacting to news events. So it's, um, it's definitely a different pace. You don't consider um, doing self-publication? I would, but I, I really want to get my skills up. I really feel like I, I want to be sure mm -hmm. of my skill. Uh, and I, so I've started writing short stories. So I write short stories. I publish short stories, and I'm going to start working on a bigger project now, a longer form, kind of novella-sized, um, and see how that goes. Um, but I'm not – people have asked me, like, oh, are you going to write about your time at CNN? Are you going to write about your reporter? You know, a story. But I don't actually have that uh, plan. I don't have a good – thriller to write or a good insider account of the media industry and maybe that'll come to me later but it's just not where I'm at now right now I'm sort of focused on small pieces that kind of are taken either just from my imagination or my childhood or things I've seen it's mm. very eclectic I completely missed what um, I thought people were wanting you to write about CNN I thought they were kind of like more like of a memoir of your experience as a as a journalist and as a uh, as a, ch a bureau chief in different places, but they really want gossip of what it was like to be within the CNN system, which I hadn't even thought about that as um, I as uh, as co content <laughs> as material. But I suppose there could be gossip in CNN. It's not all Og by Anderson. Um. I think it's. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I think it's a bit of both. I think people often think that you're going to mm. leave journalism to write memoirs, which people have done, and they've wrote ter written terrific memoirs. Or that you're right because CNN has become such a big name, people are all very curious about how it works. But really, it works just like any other news organization, you know. Um, so I think there's a lot of curiosity about that, and mm -hmm. because I've covered some big stories. People tend to think that maybe there's some really un mm, untold right. story behind the big stories, you know. And there, yeah, there are lots of great little details, but you know, most of the things that were in those big right, stories I reported, right. <laughs> they're already mm -hmm. out there. Um, but having said that, you know, obviously everything that I experienced on those stories, including things like the tsunami, the the Southeast Asian tsunami, you know, that those those memories stay with me and there are things that I didn't report on then that just mm. kind of cling to me and that I use I in my writing you know but that's not the same mm. as writing a memoir okay. right and in some ways probably to write a memoir you're probably only halfway in terms of like the breadth of your experiences right I mean like 20 years <laughs> is sort of like halfway of like what could potentially be the your life story you know, and uh, right now you you almost yeah. I just can't write a memoir. Well, <laughs> I just feel very strange. Come talk to me in twenty years. I don't know. So we'll we'll see. <laughs> we'll see about that. Because uh, <laughs> by that time you will have published <laughs> two books and <laughs> three books in three books in, and then 
that will <laughs> kind of have a little bit more of an arc of like from those clipping days, uh, newspaper clipping days, all the way to to your Nobel Peace Prize winning. <laughs> I'm so excited for your fiction book and. How can we get access to your work or to your writing, your other writing, your short stories? Well, it's still all very experimental, um, but I have, uh, I self-publish on Medium with my writers group here in Valencia. So I have a group mm -hmm. of fellow writers and we put out um, our short story, kind of our, our laboratory for stuff on Medium. It's called Lucy Writers. Um, and I have my own website, atikashuber.com. And that's where I put in my what what I've published, or also if I'm like I haven't put in my blog posts yet mm. in several months because I've been working, so I'll, I'll usually put in something about the stories that I've covered. And the last month, um, mm. in August actually was really was a really uh, hectic week for for journalism for me for working. Let's say. Mm. You and flood stories. <laughs> yeah, I mean flood stories. Yeah. Me and disasters. That's you know. I remember somebody once at the CNN saying, "Let's put a take on it." I mean, there's people crying, they're depressed. I'm sure we put a take on it, and I thought yeah, that's me. Oh my lord! Make people cry, but put me on, you know. And you put uh, yeah, I never got the can, funny can story. Oh my! Put this. I'm I'm awful, and I and and I was always envious of the reporters that were. They were so good at making, you know, getting these funny little things, and I'm like, man, I just don't have that talent. I'm just, I'm just staring catastrophes and disasters. Well, maybe they're doing so. TikToks now, those guys, and so, so that's okay. <laughs> <laughs> You're spared. Yeah. <laughs> All right. So atikashuber.com and Blue Sea. What was that again? Blue Sea Writers. They're that's the writing group I'm with in Valencia. Okay. How cool is that, everybody? That was Atika Schubert, and um, reporter extraordinaire, right? World journalist. That's very kind. No, of it's you. true. <laughs> it's true. Not everybody can say that. And I love, I love ha having this chat with you. And I have to apologize, Maaskali. Saya sudah lupa semua, semua. Eh, bohong. Eh, nggak boleh kayak gitu. No, it's not wrong. Nanti lain kali ya kita di interview kita wawancara Atika ngomong bahasa Indonesia nggak boleh. Pokoknya ntar gue ngomong pakai bahasa Indonesia semua pertanyaannya. Lalu udah panik. Satu tahun lagi supaya saya bisa, you know, I can sit here and I can practice. I can be like, okay, apa ya? Apa itu katanya? All right. Well, we could. I mean, we're journalists. We could talk all day. We really could. We really could. I mean, we can talk all day. Nobody has too, to pay us, so we could we could really now. just talk all day. But I really got to let her write, everybody, and we got to let her go. All right, all right, love. Yeah, I should. Bye, darling. Should. Have a good okay. night. A good day. It was great talking Bye. to you. Hey, have you subscribed yet? If you haven't, please do. Don't forget to hit the notification bell and share it with the ones you love. Uh, see you in the next episode.